0: Hey, everyone. If you're a fan of the show, please head over to mikeyopp.com and click the subscribe button. It's the best way to support us, and it's free. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P dot Thanks. Hey, everybody. This is Mike Oppenheim, and you are listening to Coffin Talk, interviews with The Living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life, this week, coming to us from Phoenix, Arizona, is Delonte Marshall. He's the owner of Bio Balanced Organics, a company motivated by his deep rooted belief in the power of nature's ability to provide holistic well being. Recognizing the need for providing education on herbs and their transformative potential, Dee was inspired to create a company dedicated to providing high quality organic herbs that nurse the body, mind, and spirit. He now resides in Phoenix, Arizona, where he empowers individuals to achieve optimal health naturally. And as he says in his own words, let's bring everyone to nature. Dee, welcome to the show. How's it going?
1: Thank you for having me. Everything's great. Um, I'm very excited to be here and looking forward to hearing what the questions are you have to ask me. (laughs) Awesome.
0: Well, the first three are pretty easy. Uh, The first is, where did you grow up? Uh, The second is, how old are you? And the third is, what generation, if any, do you consider yourself a member of?
1: Um, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. I am 31 years old, and I am a millennial. Awesome.
0: Um, and you came to Phoenix. How long ago did you come here?
1: Uh, I moved to Phoenix in December 2019, literally three months before COVID hit. Oh, wow. And was it just on a whim, or was there like a big draw? Uh, it was it was kind of on a whim. I lived in L.A. and I absolutely hated living in L.A. Um, <laughs> it just wasn't a place for me. I, for some reason, I felt like my, my soul and my spirit just couldn't settle there. And I went to Tucson randomly and sat in Mount Lemmon and I, I don't know, I just cried because it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And when I visited Phoenix, I fell in love with everything about it. So, yeah, I guess you could say a whim, but I think also it was meant for me to be here.
0: Very cool. I like that. And uh, we, we spoke earlier when we met, but um, I went to school in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so I have a lot of familiarity with Cleveland. Um, and I also am from the Bay Area and know L.A. pretty well. So having experienced all three cultures pretty similarly, um, without my input on what I think of all three, I'm just curious, how would you juxtapose Cleveland versus L.A.?
1: Um, I would say that L.A. is a more superficial version of New York. OK. Right. Um, and Cleveland is kind of like super similar to New York in the fact that most people there are kind. Um, they're not super nice people, but they're very kind. Whereas in L.A., people are nice. And a lot of times when they're dealing with you, they're dealing with you for, um, for some type of a purpose that may benefit them and not just out of good kindness or something like that.
0: Wow, that's really cool. And I don't hear a lot of people make the distinction between being nice and being kind, but I agree there's a total difference. And also I do agree that there's like a transactionalism To LA culture, but also it is weird because I'm from the Bay Area where people can be like really mean, and uh, (laughs) LA gets a reputation that we probably deserve more than them because they are. They're technically nice. Like people will help you, people will talk to you, and then if they find out you're like a producer, they'll really talk to you. Right. Cool. Well, I was just uh, curious about all that kind of stuff, and also it's just interesting to hear what people think of different microcultures in the US. Um, Now, when we met, like you blew me away for a lot of reasons, but um, you know, your story of like working in medicine and doing it your way was really impressive to me. So I don't know how long it takes you to tell that story, air quotes, but um, I don't know if you just kind of want to go on your journey, like from childhood to being
1: interested in medicine the way you are. Well, um, growing up, my, my oldest brother, he's always been interested in medicine to the point where like, he would go away to college and when he come home, he would quiz me on random things. Like if this random fact is called ontogeny recapitulates phylogeny, and it literally is, um, it's, a a zoologist created the concept or theory, I guess you can call it. And it's that every embryo in the beginning stages are exactly the same. You cannot tell them apart. And it's literally true. You can't tell not one single living organism apart when it's first conceived. It's not until like, once you get into like the third stage of, I guess, pregnancy, the third trimester, where you start to then create the different chromosomes. And from there, I was like, Oh my goodness, this is interesting. And, um, Medicine, not so much. I wasn't really interested in pharmacology. I was more interested in like understanding why people got sick. So um, when I got into the eighth grade, I learned about anthropology by reading a dictionary in uh, one of my classes. And I just fell in love with the concept of anthropology and understanding the uh, cultural side of it and how um, a lot of times community and cultures create disease based on the things that they do within those cultures or that they cannot do. So for, um, from there, I started focusing more on like the medical anthropology side of it. Once I got to college, uh, and I, 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 I would think I was stressed a little bit. So I started having to take my, uh, Percocets from migraines. Um, I was taking Percocet 30 milligrams, and I was getting the drip, like, twice a week, which is a mixture of, like, morphine and a bunch of different drugs, such as Benadryl, just to put you to sleep, but it didn't really fix anything. So, um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of uh, Dr. Sebi or not, um, but I, like, found him on YouTube, and I just became addicted to watching his videos and him speaking about herbs and plants, and then I, like, start reading the Bible a little more. And... um, After um, completing my undergraduate studies, I actually started using poppy seeds and valerian and even marshmallow root to help with a bunch of different uh, ailments that I had just from like severe stress. Um, And one thing I didn't know was that stress actually leads to a lot of issues such as like congestive heart failure, people going into severe states of depression and even circulatory uh, issues, degenerative diseases. And um, yeah, and from there I learned like the fact that peels are derived from plants. Um, So they make the Percocets, for example, are created by using poppy seeds. And if you can take the opium from that. and give it to someone. Why can't you use the whole plant to give someone what they actually need? And then I just learned more and more that life breeds more life and wellness. And from there, I've been doing it for six years now as a a full business.
0: That's so cool. And I'm obviously, um, sometimes, you know, I don't agree with guests we have. And I, you know, I'm always polite and I listen to people, but I'm so on your side. I had a lot of like weird medicinal experiences as a kid. And uh, since going the way of like, Kind of I don't avoid medicine like when I was hit by a car, for example, I let them give me uh, opiates and stuff in the hospital and all that. But, um, you know, I don't go out of my way to like take Tylenol and stuff even. And uh, but what to, to kind of break down just a mini part of your journey, because it's so fascinating to me. Very few people that I've met coming from, like, Berkeley, Bay Area, California, who are into, like, herbs and stuff would also mention reading the Bible. And that, like, always struck me as interesting when we first talked. So can you kind of elaborate a little bit on, like, how religion in your mind meets, like, your your modern theories and stuff like that?
1: Um, well, honestly, I'm not religious at all. Mm-hmm um i was i was baptized when i was a kid and i did like i was raised in like by religious grandparents and my parents and stuff but personally i don't believe in religion i mean i believe in religion in the sense of it being something to divide people (laughs) um but the bible itself is an actual really great book i think it's like a the one of the coolest books that you could open up that will teach you how to really manifest things how to bring forth um, positivity, how to not be an evil, wicked person, which is by loving everything and everyone, if you if you understand what the concept of love is, which the Bible teaches you that as well. But to me, religion deterred people from the book from reading this book. Um, and when I study anthropology, they made us read the Bible. We had to actually read the Quran and the Torah, which is the Jewish books, the um Arab uh Quran, and also the regular Bible, the New Testament and Old Testament and After reading those and then studying the Epic of Gilgamesh, it's like a lot of the stories, they coincide with each other. It's just that what is taught mainstream, it's it's meant to teach you to not tolerate others versus teach you to actually love. So I'm not religious, but I do believe that this is a really, really good read. If someone may want to pick it up and scrap the whole concept of religion and just open it up and read it, start at any one of the books and it will be exceptional if you just take it from a different perspective
0: <laughs> that's really cool and i totally agree and i think it's it's interesting because like i've read 1984 by george Orwell like four times and it is not my religion and it's not a bible but it's a great story and there's parables and i like take the lessons. so um that's cool and that's a good way to look at it growing up in ohio because my experience with ohio is it's a pretty religious state have you ever like alienated people with your philosophy or has it been pretty smooth sailing
1: since you're like nice and kind and you work in healing um. Well, growing up in Ohio, no, I, I, I actually got bullied a lot. I wasn't. It wasn't as, as easy as it may possibly ha- may seem. But, um, no, I, I went to church. I, I didn't really speak much on my beliefs as far as like what I thought God to be or what I thought religion or anything to be. Simply because I knew that it could be something that could get you ostracized. <laughs> but, um. As I got older, and I understood the concept of freedom and free will and freedom of speech, and one, if you believe in something, you should one hundred percent express that belief in it, whether or not you will get you know ostracized or bashed because you may be able to help someone else understand something that they're that they're confused about and so now I speak on it. I don't care who looks at me crazy, <laughs> and I'm just like, <laughs> you know. But there, yeah, no, it was it was pretty difficult growing up in Ohio, just simply being who I am and um my the the way that I present to others. It was it was very interesting. Especially uh my neighborhood was Philo-Baptist as I got into my teen years, but growing up in my earlier years I was in a Jewish community, which uh, most of the time they really didn't they didn't really talk much unless we all met up for Man.
0: wow yeah that's so interesting because i you know when i moved to pittsburgh i was definitely like uh, no one was like overtly mean to me and i, I wasn't bullied because i was in college but it was strange to be strange like uh, growing up in the bay area i thought a lot more people were like me but i was like a very like socially liberal like you know just kind of weirdo and <laughs> like a lot of stuff like that so um i kind of feel you on that part and then i am curious though um you mentioned free will So do you believe like 100% in free
1: will or do you believe there's any predeterminism going on? Um, I do believe that there is predeterminism, but I also believe that free will allows you to make decisions that may either guide you in the direction you're supposed to go in or not. But that's also determined by using discernment. For example, like a person may have that gut feeling like maybe I shouldn't go hang out with my group of friends tonight, but they ignore that feeling and then they go hang out and something crazy happens or it might be the same feeling that they may have gotten and they stayed home and you know, everything that happened there, they avoid it. Yeah, I totally agree. And I've
0: had enough experiences and I've talked about them on the podcast before, but where I ignored it and I was like dealt a pretty big, like blow to my, not just my ego, but my life. And then following it has led me to some of the greatest events in my life. Um, and so this kind of begs me to ask a question that's canned by other people. So I have never asked it on this podcast, but it's a pretty popular question. If, there is free will and if there's like kind of predetermination how do you work into and this is such a grave subject but um like early childhood death and stuff like that like where like you know a kid is like born and then just has like a genetic predisposition and dies do you think there's like a free will way to prevent that or do you think some things are just like in the can
1: i think that death is it's one thing that's going to happen no matter what and i don't believe that there's an age on it mm-hmm. the timing is what determines it and sometimes People I think that people die because of free accidents, which may not have been written or may have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just I do I don't I don't know. That's a good question. I think that childhood death, depending on how it occurred, uh, is I think it's just meant. Whatever time you go, you go. It's meant to go at that time.
0: And so when we talk about, like, things meant to happen and stuff, because, again, I'm I'm with you philosophically, so I'm not asking questions adversarily. I'm actually just curious, like, how you explain it to yourself, because obviously these things are not explainable, and there's no way to prove it, but also there's not really a way to disprove it, which I think people who oppose this kind of line of thinking aren't as quick to admit. So it's, it's interesting to me. Like, both sides can't really ever prove it. It's a total catch-22, but um, within that relative framework and all that um, to what extent do you feel that like things are meant to happen? Like uh, do you think there's like certain events in your life that were just absolutely unavoidable?
1: Oh yeah, I do. Um, so in May I fell off my motorcycle driving through the devil's highway. Uh, I guess it's like route six, 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 they called it um, and somewhere in somewhere in Arizona and New Mexico. And where I fell was, and how I fell was probably one of the most craziest ways to fall off of a motorcycle. I literally just collapsed to the side. But 200 feet was a rocky cliff that I could have fallen off of. Wow. And instead, I fell on the side mountainside, and nothing was wrong with me. I literally just had a scratch on my shoulder and a bruise on my hip. And nothing, when I say nothing was wrong with me, but my engine on my motorcycle started leaking oil. So... Um, I got picked up on a three-wheel trike. We, we made it past that, and literally one of the other guys had fallen in the spot that I could have fallen in, and he literally ripped up his clothes and shredded everything.
0: Wow. So I guess now is definitely the perfect time to ask the uh, question of the podcast, which is what do you think happens when you die? Hey everybody, did you know that I write novels? Well, I do, and I have a new one out, and it's called Ardor, and it's about a world-famous psychic traveling around trying to stop other psychics from ruining everything on Earth. It's a fun read, a ton of people have already read it and loved it, so head over to mikeyop.com, click the big link, and get your copy today. Thanks a lot.
1: I have, I have like, uh, a a weird thought about that. I think that depending on who you are at the moment that you die, as far as, like, what phases you have been through do you have hate in your heart are you a peaceful person are you kind to others are you loving i think that if you if you pass all of those notches then you go on to whatever's next and i think if you die for example like as a kid maybe you have to come back here and deal and complete whatever lesson that you haven't been able to accomplish
0: so okay i love i love that answer so when you say like that you have to accomplish do you mean like a greater entity than yourself like a soul so to speak
1: Yes, I think that it has more to do like with internal versus doing things like within the world itself. I think it really has to do with you figuring out like your internal peace so that you can go on to whatever heaven is for you.
0: Cool. And so there's like probably 20,000 people who say they believe in reincarnation and then also say like, and I was Cleopatra, like it's a joke, but you know, a lot of people (laughs) really do think that. Do you think that like you were once people who like we could reference in this like culture. Like, do you think you've been humans on earth that came before this? Or do you think that like you
1: are uniquely D and then there's also a bigger you? Um, I believe that I, I, I do believe that I may have re- reincarnated from someone else. I don't know who it may have been, but I, I remember being a kid and having a dream that I was riding in the passenger seat of a red car with my grandma as a kid. And as a child, my grandmother couldn't drive,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And when I mentioned it to my mom, she kind of freaked out, but she never told me what it was that I was that she, that she freaked out from. So I'm just looking at her like, she, I just remember her saying, for as long as you were a kid, your grandmother never drove a car. And I know exactly the red car you're talking about, but she never elaborated. So I do believe that you reincarnate maybe from someone within your generational line um, until that's... Spirit has met its place to go on to wherever the next space is and I have to return to this hell.
0: <laughs> cool. I, I like that a lot. Um, how much of your life is spent thinking about the kind of stuff we just talked about versus how much is just you here focused on the
1: be here now? A lot of it. Me and my friends we talk about this type of stuff all the time. Like, uh, we talk about altars. Um, so I have a friend that's very religious and we always talk about reincarnation and why we think certain things happen the way that they do. And, and it just is really interesting to see the different thoughts of, um, people who were actually pretty much raised in the same generation with regards to like spirituality, religion, life, death. Um, but yeah, this is something that's always talked about, especially since I work with herbs and I have a lot of people who I deal with that, um, either have terminal illnesses or maybe dealing with something like autoimmune that they're always wondering or worried about dying. And I'm just like, look, if you have positivity and you believe that you can beat this, you can. And a lot of people do. Uh, But to me, death is the one thing that people should talk about more because it's going to happen. And I don't think that you should be afraid of it.
0: Yeah. Amen. Uh, That is the mission purpose of this podcast. So obviously I'm with you. Um, And, do you think that like the mysteries of life can actually be explained? Like do you think there's like a moment where like you're going to understand it all or do you think it's just something that's kind of like an experience? Like what are you what do you do you feel like you're ever going to know no?
1: Um I don't think that I would ever fully know um, what happens, are you talking about like after death or as far as just like life itself? Kind
0: of like all of it, like, you know, just kind of like, like we, you know, cause we've talked before this and, and we're both like alluding to the fact that like, we feel like there's lessons to learn here and there's things to accomplishment and some things are unavoidable, but others are. So I'm just curious, like, do you think there's ever this like aha moment where D gets to understand all that? Or do you think that's beyond like the human life experience?
1: Um, No, I think it is the
0: aha moment.
1: And I believe that aha moment comes when a person is like, in solitude with themselves and allowing their brain to think instead of being like, so afraid to listen to their thoughts and respond to them. Yeah. Because I think I had an aha moment when I, when I like read the Bible a little more and I was like, wait, everything really is connected. And, and, and hear me out. Anything that breathes because plants breathe, anything that breathes, anything that like has life in it, it all comes from the same place and leaves and returns and leaves and returns there's no way you can ever 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 stop that from happening
0: yeah wow I I'm so intrigued by all of this um and so do you like because your your specialty is like the mind body balance like and, and the spirit um do do you feel like there's just like people who intuitively heal themselves when they're getting sick because like part of what I was going to ask you I probably should mention this now is like there's a placebo and a nocebo effect like as studied by western science and obviously both apply to what you and I believe in which is that the brain really does matter and positivity matters so do you think all of us are like making ourselves ill and then making ourselves better again all the time
1: Yes, I think it's consistent. Like um, every day we lose cells, we regenerate more cells. And I believe that mind state plays a part in the ability to regenerate oneself. Um, Along with working with nature, like the sun provides vitamin D and it provides the most abundant amount of it. And our body provides vitamin D naturally as a hormone. So if you allow yourself to know that you are capable of doing those things, as far as like, oh, if you get sick, I can't be healed, I could be healed. You can use everything around you to heal yourself in a positive way. You, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Gateway Process.
0: Uh, no, I definitely have not.
1: Um, it's the it's, it's a CIA um, test that they did with hundreds of people. It's called the Gateway Process, where they put people in these um, rooms in darkness and made them pretty much think about different things, healing their illnesses, um, becoming real wealthy, just all type of things, and they were able to determine that the brain waves changed and the sales structure and DNA changed based on those thoughts that that person consistently had. Wow. And that is a factual CIA experiment that they did. And I don't know if you ever heard of um it's, I think it's called thomas Campbell, um Thomas Campbell, a theory of Thomas Campbell, I can't remember exactly, but um I watched this video in a Greek mythology course that I took. And it started off with saying, you know, when you wake up in the morning, one little thing can create the outcome for the rest of your day.
0: Mm.
1: So imagine you wake up in the morning, you stub your toe, you stub your toe. Now you're pissed off. Now, once you get pissed off from that, every single thing throughout that day trickles down to more and more madness. Now, imagine you stubbing your toe and you just say, oh, I stubbed my toe and you get over it and you go on to the bathroom and brush your teeth and you're in a good mood. And then from there... Everything positive happens, and I believe in that because when I was in college, once I watched that video, I have been such a positive thinker, and I, I'm i in, I'm in a place that I never imagined being solely from not allowing my emotions to take control of me, but I lost the other day. My brother got under my skin, and uh-huh. I was just completely upset that whole day to the point where I, I, I like my back started hurting so bad that <laughs> the uh-huh. tension was just stuck there. And it wasn't until the next morning that I realized like, dang, I allowed that one thing to make me feel sick. You get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, no, I am I'm like almost speechless because it's so profound, and I was—you cut me to the chase because I was going to ask you, do you ever still lose it? And then you told me a story of it. But what I did want to ask you is, what's your advice to people who seem to lose it all the time?
1: Um, just realize that if if you allow a person that their words to get to you, then they have control over you, and you're essentially a, st- a slave to them. And once you realize that, a lot of times people's actions or the things that they say, or just simple things around you, is it has nothing to do with you, that it may very well just be the case that that is what is supposed to happen at that moment. You can just deal with it and let it go.
0: So you actually just like branched into like another uh, topic, but it to me it's kind of similar, which is like I love activism. Like from the time I was a little kid, I'm all about like, you know, especially environmentalism, like uh, – and I'm not even going to broach the horrible – trick, double speak word, climate change, but just pollution, you know, just oh, yeah, like, the disgu- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like the disgusting crap pollution that we're doing all over earth, all of us. Um, it really bumps me out, but, and this is where I'm getting into like positivity and stuff. I also do not like to join groups or be a part of activism. That's like negative. So when I hear like an environmentalist say like those people and they, they're ignorant and stupid and all that, it like really turns me off and I don't want to be a part of it. Do you feel similarly, and how do you deal with the fact that like right now most of the like social activism, especially online, is so negative?
1: Um, you know, honestly, I, I I deal with it by being funny a lot of times. So a lot, for example, people just have so much to say about I guess what is it, transgenders, and even just race overall. So on Instagram, is people they're complete idiots. And I'm just like, bro, you're so upset for what reason? We're having a conversation. All you have to do is just listen and let it go. If you don't agree with me, you don't have to. And um, I try to be the type of person to just ignore someone's emotional response and try to pick up on what the actual meaning behind their message is. Because, like I said, a lot of times stuff isn't personal, so I don't normally allow people to get under my skin other than my brother. But he can't <laughs> win now. Because <laughs> I know it's it. <laughs> I realized what the issue was, and And you know, you just can't you can't win every battle and a lot of times just letting someone speak what they feel and completely just not making it personal is the best way to go about it.
0: That's cool. That's great advice. And I do agree and as I get older, I'm forty two now, I I totally harness that like, much better. And, you know, in addition to my brother being, like, the person who can get under my skin, now I'm married, and so I have, like, another one, and then I'm my like, kid is, she's only like, two, but she's learning. Like, she's figuring me out. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting. I have yet to lose my cool with her, but it's getting harder each day as she gets older, because she's just, like, Oh, okay. So you're like the fake chill dad. All right. Well, like I can can, like poke (laughs) holes in that, you know? So it's like, it's really interesting. Um, Gosh, you've said so many cool things and so many interesting things. And I didn't even really get to get into how herbs and nature work. I mean, you talked about how everything's interconnected and stuff, but I am curious, like what would be something you want to let people know now that COVID has quote unquote come and gone, but we're in between like that pandemic and the next one, like what's something you would like people to know so that in the future, maybe they're less worried, less scared or better prepared.
1: Um, just know that you, you have the ability to, to, to fix anything that's broken. Um, whether that be your mind, whether that be a door, whether that be a toe, (laughs) just have faith in yourself and faith that it all will, will work out. Um, and don't lead life through fear.
0: Wow. That's so profound. And your company, if people are interested
1: in it, what should they do? Um, Oh, well, I actually finally have a storefront location in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where people could stop in and speak to me, um, look at the herbs, like smell them, get a chance to see actually what they are, what they mean, like how they work. And um, uh, it's located in the metroplex i guess that's what it's called um and also you can check on my website which is www.biobalancedorganics.com and i have a lot of explanation of different herbs on there that uh, works in uh, serendipity with the body to help you find the frequency of healing Awesome
0: and uh, second to last question, very quick one. How often do people hear like your company name and what you do, and then just assume you're like a giant pothead as opposed to a very very brilliant like chemical engineer with like all this biology <laughs> understanding?
1: A, I would say that um, all the time. So when I tell someone, <laughs> "Oh, I create herbal supplements," they're like, "Oh, the, you mean?" and they they make the smoky symbol to their <laughs> mouth. Like, I'm like, "No, like literal plants. Like, I can formulate." Uh, anything you want to help you or whatever. <laughs> They're like, for real? I'm like, yeah. And then they start asking me random questions about um, why I do it and how I do it. And I'm like, this is cool that you're actually really interested in it. Now now knowing that it's not marijuana. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I would definitely if I was around you and someone was like finding out what you do, I'd be like, no, no, no. Like he attends like medical seminars and stuff. He like this guy's the real deal. <laughs> um, well, cool. I I'm running out of time, but I always give my guests a chance to
1: just kind of have the floor. So, uh, what would you like our audience to know? Um, I would. I just want everybody to know that life is grand if you want it to be. Just enjoy every day as much as you can, because again, we can have another COVID where everyone's locked away, or we can actually find peace in what happened to us. Mm
0: Yeah. Man, I'm so glad I got to meet you, and I'm so glad I got to interview you. For everyone listening at home, as he said, you can find him online and also here in the Phoenix area. Delonte Marshall is his name. He is the owner of Biobalanced Organics, and I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And to everyone listening at home, the best way to support the show is just to head over to mikeyopp.com. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com, and sign up for the weekly newsletter. My name is Mike Oppenheim. You have been listening to Coffin Talk, and we will see you soon
1: into you and I see that you see me and I see you hear this tune and I feel that you